Let's read together 1 Samuel chapter 24. In this chapter, we have the record of David's stay in the strongholds of En Gedi and the record of how David spared Saul's life. Let's begin by reading verses 1 through 15. 1 Samuel chapter 24, beginning at verse 1. Now it happened when Saul had returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Take note, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. So he came to the sheepfolds by the road, where there was a cave, and Saul went in to attend to his needs. David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. Then the men of David said to him, This is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand, that you may do to him as it seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. And he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to rise against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and went on his way. David also arose afterward, went out of the cave, and called out to Saul, saying, My lord the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed down. And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men who say, Indeed, David seeks your harm? Look, this day your eyes have seen that the Lord delivered you today into my hand in the cave, and someone urged me to kill you. But my eyes spared you, and I said, I will not stretch out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yes, see the corner of your robe in my hand, for in that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you, know and see that there is neither evil nor rebellion in my hand, and I have not sinned against you. Yet you hunt my life to take it. Let the Lord judge between you and me, and let the Lord avenge me on you, but my hand shall not be against you. As the proverb of the ancient says, Wickedness proceeds from the wicked, but my hand shall not be against you. After whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom do you pursue, a dead dog, a flea? Therefore let the Lord be judge, and judge between you and me, and see and plead my case, and deliver me out of your hand. Let's begin our study of this chapter with some background notes. In 1 Samuel chapter 23, We saw that King Saul and his army had just about surrounded David and his men. It looked like all hope was gone, but God delivered David. It just so happened that the Philistines invaded the land, and Saul and the army had to go and deal with that threat. Look back again at 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 26 through 29. Then Saul went on one side of the mountain, and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. So David made haste to get away from Saul, for Saul and his men were encircling David and his men to take them. But a messenger came to Saul, saying, Hurry and come, for the Philistines have invaded the land. Therefore Saul returned from pursuing David and went against the Philistines, so they called that place the Rock of Escape. Then David went up from there and dwelt in the strongholds at En Gedi. 1 Samuel 23, verses 26 through 29. And Gedi means the fountain of the young goat. And even today, 
You can visit Engedi and see wild goats or ibex roaming on the steep rocky hillside. Engedi is located in the hills along the west side of the Dead Sea. Engedi was an excellent place for David to hide out because of the caves and easily defended strongholds in the rocks, as well as the fact that a fresh water supply from springs and streams existed in that part of the Judean wilderness. Well, it wasn't long before King Saul resumed his pursuit of David after dealing with the threat of the Philistines. He heard that David was camped at Engedi, and he came with 3,000 chosen soldiers from his special forces to try once again to capture David. David and his men were inside a large cave with inner recesses. Saul came into the cave either to take a rest or go to the bathroom. The Hebrew phrase here means literally to cover his feet and is probably a euphemism for the way a robe would cover your feet when you were relieving yourself. In any case, David had a golden opportunity to eliminate King Saul once and for all, but instead he only cut off the edge of Saul's robe and later he felt guilty about even doing that to the king. So much for our background. Let's move now to our doctrinal teaching points for 1 Samuel chapter 24. Doctrinal point number one. The godly let the Lord plead their cause. The godly let the Lord plead their cause. Romans 12, 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Romans 12, 19. Now, David did not know Romans 12, 19 because Romans was not yet written. But the biblical principle was known and practiced by David. David knew that God would plead his cause, as he says in verse 15, because Saul was not just fighting David, but fighting the Lord. It was only a matter of time before the Lord would remove Saul and deliver David. David knew that he had been anointed as the next king of Israel and he could wait for the Lord to act on his behalf. God had installed Saul as the anointed king, and he was still king. How dared David remove him before it was God's time? How many of us, if we were David, would have listened to the advice of our associates and believed that this was a God-given opportunity sent by the Lord himself to eliminate our enemy once and for all? I'm afraid I would have thought that way. How about you? But David rose above such me-first thinking and saw the bigger picture. Saul was fighting God and was no match for the Lord. All David had to do was depend on the Lord and wait. If only we could do the same. Too often, because of pride and impatience, we take matters into our own hands and take our own revenge even thanking the Lord for the opportunity of all things. We don't have to plead our own case if we're walking with the Lord. When we're walking with the Lord, those who are against us are against the Lord to one degree or another. We do not have to take our own revenge. Remember Romans 12, 19, never take your own revenge. As the perfect man, the Lord Jesus never took revenge. I'm reading 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 23. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, 
He did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. 1 Peter 2.23 The godly let the Lord plead their cause. Doctrinal point number two. The ungodly say one thing and do another. The ungodly say one thing and do another. Verses 16 through 25. So it was when David had finished speaking these words to Saul that Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. Then he said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have rewarded me with good, whereas I have rewarded you with evil. And you have shown this day how you have dealt well with me. For when the Lord delivered me into your hands, you did not kill me. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him get away safely? Therefore, may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. And now I know indeed that you shall surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Therefore, swear now to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me, and that you will not destroy my name from my father's house. So David swore to Saul, and Saul went home. But David and his men went up to the stronghold. Now, if you did not know the rest of the story, you would think that King Saul had genuinely repented and changed his ways, right? After all, he cried. Verse 16. So it was when David finished speaking these words to Saul that Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And he acknowledged that David was right and that he was wrong. Verse 17. Then he said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have rewarded me with good, whereas I have rewarded you with evil. And he realized that the Lord delivered him into David's hand, and David could have easily killed him. But David showed mercy. Verses 18 and 19. And Saul knew that David would be the next king. Verse 20. And he was willing to acknowledge that truth by making an agreement with David. Verse 22. So David swore to Saul, and Saul went home. But David and his men went up to the stronghold. But the ungodly say one thing and do another. It wasn't long before Saul was pursuing David once again, as we'll see in chapter 26. The ungodly say one thing and do another. David knew this truth. And that's why we read in verse 22 that when Saul went to his home, David and his men went up to the stronghold. This may be a reference to Masada, by the way. Stronghold in Hebrew is Masada. David was staying in the strongholds of Engedi, as we saw in the last verse of chapter 23. But now he may have moved about 10 miles south to the stronghold of Masada which was a natural fortification and easy to defend, as we know from later history. David went up to the stronghold because he did not trust King Saul. Why? Because the ungodly say one thing and do another. And the same is true today. Many Christians have been hurt and disappointed and burned and ripped off because they put their trust in ungodly people and ungodly institutions, and ungodly organizations. Only trust proven godly people because the ungodly say one thing and do another. Now what about practical application from 1 Samuel chapter 24? 
Wait for the Lord in all areas of life. Wait for the Lord in all areas of life. David wrote in Psalm 27, verse 14, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalm 27, 14. Now, we don't know exactly when David wrote this psalm. But when we read through the whole psalm, we see David reflecting on many of the experiences that he went through as he was escaping from King Saul. Listen to verses 2 and 3, for example. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you, when I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Do not take me away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity who speak peace to their neighbors, but evil is in their hearts. David learned from these experiences to wait for the Lord, even when he had an opportunity to eliminate King Saul. David waited for the Lord, and so should we. This is one reason why God permits us to go through testing and trying situations. Will we wait for the Lord? Now, unfortunately, David, like the rest of us, did not always wait for the Lord in all areas of life. David did not wait for the Lord in the matter of Bathsheba. He let his passions take control. What about us? Let's wait for the Lord in all areas of life.